Broadcasting live from Global Headquarters at RP Enterprises in Greenwood, Missouri. Stand by on this frequency. After 22 years of entertaining FM radio listeners across the U.S., across the U.S., this man is the owner and executive producer of the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl on Sportsman's Channel, CEO and founder of Dumar Chemical Solutions, and the man behind the mic of Papa Ron Radio Voiceovers and Production. He's the man, the myth. The legend, a global icon, future Nobel Prize winner, and of course he paid me to say all this. Really? Literally. Welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast. Here's your host, Ronnie Phillips. Ronnie Phillips. Oh, it's going to be another fun one. I can't wait. Welcome to episode 13 of the Papa Ron Podcast. Man, it's hard to believe that I've been doing this podcast now for three months, starting on a second quarter of the Papa Ron Podcast. And this week is going to be a lot of fun. If you listen to episode one of the Papa Ron Podcast, you will know that the guy who was uh, my very first guest is going to be my guest here today and this week on the Papa Ron Podcast. You may remember him. Of course, many of the people who are listening to this podcast are from the Kansas City Metro, and so you will remember this guy from doing nights on Mix 93.3 right around the 2003-2004 era time frame. Uh, currently residing in Phoenix, no longer doing radio, and after nearly three decades of monumental radio success, uh, my guest left radio to pursue a new path as a podcaster and a mental health advocate. And it's because of content that I noticed that he posted on LinkedIn back in February about his story regarding mental illness. That inspired me to reach out to him because during that time I had been recently diagnosed with depression and, and, and uh, anxiety, easy for me to say. Um, and I was suffering from many of the same symptoms that he was describing in that post. Um, he was one of a handful of people that helped me through this battle and, um, he just simply cared enough to listen. It was just simply taking the time to listen, having empathy and understanding that allowed me to take a deep breath and say that this is going to be okay. He's also a part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast. Um, he was the first guest, as I mentioned on this, uh, podcast. So, I wanted to bring him back because there's uh, some things that we didn't get to unpack in that very long episode that I'd like to do today. So without further ado, I would welcome, like to welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast, my friend, Mr. Matthew Blades. Where are you, Matthew? There you are. Yay. What's up, man? Dang, you almost made me cry a little bit. Thank you. That's really? very, very thoughtful. I was Appreciate trying to. That. I'm trying. I'm, I'm sorry that I couldn't accomplish it fully. I was trying to. I, I wanted to open like, up that screen and just see the tears coming down your face. Dang it, I came so close. I failed, I man. Cried. I failed. I cried so much already this morning. I, I can't cry anymore today. Okay. No, 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 man. That was very, very, very thoughtful. And, uh, you know, you, you know what I know now, which is helping other people out, talking to other people, listening to other folks, man, that's the medicine. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't kid yourself. No, I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. Before we get too much too or started too far down the road here, I wanted to yeah. take just a quick minute because everything that you just kind of touched on right now there is where I'm kind of going with this. And I want to make sure that I'm taking time to express my gratitude to each and every single individual who has reached out with words of encouragement, 
um, reached out with praise for this podcast, reached out to tell me, you know, their story and, and share with me how much that this podcast has helped them because it's the message has resonated with them. My goal in, in doing this podcast was to be raw and authentic and discuss topics that are sometimes uncomfortable to discuss. And as I like to say, get below the surface to make these conversations compelling and informative and entertaining. So if you are listening and you are coming back to listen to another episode, I just want you to know how much from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you either watching this, these episodes on Spotify or YouTube or listening on, on Apple, Amazon, Google, or CastBox. If you would, please help me spread the word about the Papa Ron podcast by sharing these episodes on your social platforms and be sure to follow the Papa Ron podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so very much. So what's new with Matthew Blades, man? Um, since, you know, again, you were on the very first episode that was back on May 7th and um, you were talking wow. about your pot. I know May 7th already, right? And you were talking about um, doing some public speaking. You were talking about the, the the podcast that you're doing, learn from those who've lived it. So what's what's transpired in the last three months with you since we've last talked? Well, you know, we've taken that podcast and we've grown it now to, uh, I think we just crossed the 70 episode threshold. Wow. Um, and we on episode 13. To, <laughs> I know, yeah, listen, man, it's a lot of work. Um yeah, but but it has been great. It's been really cool because, you know, one of the things that I had to do was seriously get open to what was ready to come and 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 be with me. And, you know, I, I, I worked, as you did, in an industry where it was a lot about being on the offense and um, being on the attack and, you know, planning ahead and always kind of being in control. Um, you know, and, and that only works till it doesn't. Right. We talked about that on the first episode. And, uh, you know, so for me, I, I needed to get open to what was going to start to come my way. Um, and eventually, you know, all these psychologists and cardiologists and psychiatrists and healers and shaman and all these folks started reaching out to me and they were like, we, we just love, you know, what you're doing. I learned from people who lived it and we, we want to be interviewed. Can, can we talk to you? Wow. And so what's been cool about it is not, is that we've, we've kind of evolved a little bit and it's not just the stories while they're always going to be the centerpiece. This, this it's, we've moved on to really talking to people who are about solutions, strategies. How do I get out of this mess? How can I stay out of this mess? Right? Because that's equally as important as, as taking off the bandaid to expose the wound for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the, the, I've come in contact with a couple of dudes and, and I wore this t-shirt today on purpose because I thought it'd be fitting for our conversation. What does it say? It's, uh, the t-shirt says, Bad day, not a bad life. Wow, there's right? perspective. Bad day, not a bad life. And so my buddy Chad, uh, he is a former Army Ranger, and um, you should have him on your podcast sometime. Because you have him regularly on your podcast, right? Like every Wednesday. I do. Yeah, I do. Yep. Every and so that was what I was getting at was that you know I met a couple of guys who are also really passionate about the mental wellness space and especially in the veteran space because Dr. Dave worked with the the vets for you know twenty plus years and Chad obviously is a former vet and he's more into like 
uh, um, alternative therapy. So for folks who have tried, you know, pills and they've tried talk therapy and they just don't seem to be getting any headway and they're ready to try something different, whether it's meditation or TRE or, you know, flat out, you want to take ayahuasca, right? Like the gamut ketamine is what he claims saved his life. And I have every reason to believe him because uh, of the stories that he shares with me. And so we've also blossomed out into trying to touch that veteran community just a little bit. And um, I've just been going in and speaking to companies, man. I mean, that's really what I have been doing the most now is just getting into various companies, whether there's 10 employees or 50 employees. And just helping folks understand that if they d- develop that self-care plan for themselves, they're going to the, the best version of them shows up every day. And if everybody collectively does that, what is the potential of this building? And you know the answer to it. It's yeah. unlimited. That's incredible, man. And that's just really transpired over the last three months. Or was this kind of was this uh, happening before you and I met on May 7th? Um, I think I was laying the foundation for some of this stuff to work, but none of it looked like it does now. Um, when I when I first got started in this journey, uh, it was a lot about like trauma, and I wanted to help people through their trauma. And then you know I, I quickly realized that some of the stuff that you know you and I have talked about before we got on this podcast today is like it is important to share the stories. It is important to talk about the despair. It is important to talk about the dark moments, but it Mm -hmm. is equally, if not more important to talk about the solutions and strategies and growth mindsets that we need to get in to get out of it and stay out of it. And um, so while we, like I said, we started thick with the stories and everybody telling us what had happened to them. Now I'm trying to morph that podcast a little bit more into the hope uh, of of the podcast and trying mm-hmm. to make sure that that theme is the most present in in the podcast. And so it's been interesting, man, just to kind of see where it goes. And I remain completely open. You know, it's like I'll get a text message or an email or a phone call or somebody emails me and say, "You have to meet this person," and I just trust that the world is sending me somebody yeah. I need to meet. Sure. And 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 I literally approach the meeting that way, right? It's like. I can't wait to see you. Who are you? Let's meet. What, what, why are we supposed to be together? I mean, that's the, it's that kid energy that you talk about um, that you have to bring back into your life about the, you know, just that excitement because as you well know, when you're not feeling really good, man, boy, the smiles, they just don't come around as often. Mm -mm, No. And all that that you just said is a great opportunity to transition to what I was about to say next. You are a radio professional. There's no doubt about it. Uh, (laughs) On today's show, I definitely wanted to talk about being uplifting and and you had talked, you and I had talked about this when we, you know, I, you and I had been talking about, Hey, let's, let's do another pod together. And I, so I, I had a spot here where I thought it was a good fit for you to come in. And I was just, I couldn't stop thinking, all right, like, man, a lot of these podcasts and these episodes I've been doing, they're, they're informative, they're compelling, they're interesting, but man, they can get dark. They can get dark. And I was just like, I, I really have a passion for as much as I have a passion for mental illness. I have a passion for personal development. And so I thought, well, this this would be a good kind of um, follow up conversation from the last time we spoke was to, you know, find ways that we can talk about things that are going to be uplifting and, and or maybe even motivating. And so today's topic is going to be about personal development. And this is relevant to anyone who's listening, but specifically relevant to those who may be suffered or, or, or is suffering from depression or anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in my opinion, 
and I think we're on the same page here, but in my opinion, the biggest first step is recognizing that you have a problem. Discovery. You're absolutely right. And then the second is talking to somebody about it. Do not internalize. Do not internalize it because that's what I did for two years. That's when the panic attacks and the itching attacks and all the crazy stuff started happening. And so it's, it's when the thoughts of suicide started coming in too. So do not internalizing it. But then step three is then having the tools to take the next step. And so before we get into all of that, let's quickly revisit your story. Obviously we discuss all of this in great detail in episode one, which I want to encourage anyone who's listening to go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But for those uh, who haven't listened to that episode, let's just do a quick overview of what you experienced that eventually inspired you to leave a very successful radio career to do what you're doing now with the podcast, learn from those who lived it and all the public speaking and everything that you're doing that is surrounding mental health and retreats and beyond and being an advocate for mental health. Yeah, it turns out I, I shouldn't have walked away from all that money. Um, that was a stupid decision. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go, folks. No, I, I know you're kidding. No, I was. Uh, I, I I'm I'm still glad every day that I made that decision. And you know, for me, you alluded to that article that I posted on LinkedIn uh, for an event that I was speaking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at uh, Sun Health, right? Where where it was a resilience uh, fair and an event, right? And so for me, it was it was physical. I mean, literally, the the symptoms started manifesting themselves physically. In 2018, I started to develop real back pain. And I had always had back pain. That was always something that bothered me and nagged me. And, you know, for other people, it's knee pain or it's shoulder pain or it's neck pain, whatever. I'm here to tell you that there is a direct connection between your back ache and your emotional state and, you know, the things and the thoughts that you're thinking and feeling. And, um, you know, if you broke a bone, obviously that's, that's a very different thing, but by and large, we're learning so much now about the mind body connection to pain and disease. And it's really important to, to pay attention to. And the reason that I think that's important to say to folks is because oftentimes, you know, I, I tell everybody when I speak now, your body sends you pain as a signal. You get pain, so you'll do something about it, right? That's, that's, that's why the body sends you that signal. It's an alarm. Something's not right. <clears throat> and so it's your duty to pay attention to it and not ignore it and not talk yourself out of the fact that it's, that it's happening or it's not happening. You're getting it for a reason. So I started to develop shingles was the first mm. real eruption for me and um, after all of the back problems. And when, when that happened, it was, it was, it was clear to me, Ronnie, that like something, something had to change. And I articulate this in, in that piece that you talk about, but what happened was when I got shingles, I had to totally unplug from my life for almost a month. Like it was awful. I said three and a half weeks and I had it on my face. And so talking was incredibly painful. So I couldn't do my morning show. Mm Mm-hmm. You and I all know what happens when you take three weeks away from your life. You feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what I mean? You're yeah. rested. You like, you, you ate some good food. You watch some TV. You talk to some people you hadn't talked to in a while. Like, just decompressed. You, know, you, you feel good, man. Yeah. Right. And so I jumped right back into the to the circus, uh, feeling great and really feeling like I had. I was like, all right, I turned a page. I. And I didn't turn a page, man. Like every other time in my life that my body had sent me a signal, I all I did was get through it. I didn't learn from it. 
I, I, I told myself I learned from it, but I didn't learn from it because six weeks later, I got my first panic attack and then I got my second and then I got that third one, which put me in the hospital mm. and that was my D-Day. So that's, that's how we arrived to this moment, man. When you talk about the back pain. Yeah. What, uh, how long did you experience that before you really kind of connected it to being the, the mental side of things? So for me, I'm a little different. I've been on a spiritual journey ever since I was 23 years old, really, you know, and, and you and I talked about this maybe in, in your first, in our first podcast together, but you know, my big, everybody's got life events, but one of my big life events was at 23 years old. My father dropped dead in front of me. I tried to save his life and I couldn't. And that sent me on a real deep spiritual journey. Like what, is, you know, you start asking some big questions mm -hmm. when, when something like that happens. And so I'd always been a little bit in that headspace of, you know, feeling like it's all connected and, and I wasn't, I wasn't naive to that, but, um, my problem was that, uh, I didn't do the medical thing first. And that's what I should have done. Cause I could have prevented a little bit of this because, you know, what I tell people is like, it's important to recognize that there's a mind body connection to pain and disease, but you also have to do your due diligence and go get an x-ray, get blood work. You know, you have to get MRIs, you have to get scans. Mm -hmm. Um, because for me, that back pain, it probably was like two solid years in the making. And I was probably eight months into it before I realized that it was like the stress of my life that was bothering me or, you know, I would, it, I would joke with my wife. She would say, how's your back? And I would say, shit day at work. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh That's how that, my back but just feels. the way you reply. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right. You know, it was a terrible day at work. I mean, yeah. you know, and my back feels like it, you know, I had an argument with my mom. Uh, my back feels like it. Right. Uh, I did had, I had a, you know, complete disconnection or misconnection with my, with my boys, my back's inflamed, right? And all the while, you know, my body was kind of screaming at me to start taking care of myself. That's just the truth. I had done what so many folks do, which is pushed myself to the curb, man, and yeah. the wayside and did the thing that you and I have talked about a hundred times, right? And a lot of parents can resonate with this. It's like mm -hmm. you get kids and so much of the, your world becomes about them. You really start to not worry about yourself. And then you can do a real dangerous thing, which is to kind of get so far back that you don't even really think you matter anymore. Right. And, um, you know, that's when the wheels really can start to come off. And so today I think if I have a goal, uh, you know, when I talk to you, it's like, let's say something that helps somebody understand why it's going to be so critically important that they jump the funk out, right. They get out of the funk. Mm -hmm. You, you, it served you long enough. Now it's time to set the suitcase down and, and keep walking without it. It's so funny that you mentioned the back thing. Uh, I remember you having that uh, or bringing that up before, but I guess I probably forgot it as quickly as you said it. But, you know, saying it again reminds me, you know, we're both tall guys. I'm just under 6'5". You're probably right around there, aren't you? 6'3", 6'2". 6'3", yeah. Yeah. You're 6'5"? Uh, just on, you know, I was measured at 6'5 in high school. Damn, man. It, it's possible for people to shrink, and I have. I know. I, I listen. I got I a little shrink too. I think I'm probably six two and a half now, but I was always six three. <laughs> well, I remember seeing you back in the day when you were, you know, yeah. we were opening day at the K and all the radio stations. Yeah, right, there. Right. Like, He's a tall guy. Um, anyway, my, I say that all to say that um, I often blame or was often blaming my black my <laughs> my back pain on being a tall guy. 
a tall guy yeah. with poor posture. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this process of everything that I've gone through, I've thought, hmm, maybe I have poor posture and I've got some other things going on there too. So um, anyway, I just only bring that up because it fits and it's uh, relevant and I, I uh, connect with what you were saying there. So, so people need to know, right? Our bodies are designed to release when we have an event. So if you've got stress in your life, you're going to release oxidative stress in your body. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to talk high level at all, right? But let's just like, like think about it like this. You have this, this moment and there's a release. Think of all these particles. They just go somewhere. And if you don't kind of do something to take care of it, yoga, meditation, whatever your process is to deal with stress and that kind of thing, that oxidative stress goes somewhere, and all too often, what we're learning now is that it goes to those areas where it can make it worse, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's just the the body's magnificent and evil all in the same breath, it seems sometimes. But uh, it's just a great truth that I that I believe people need to talk more about mm-hmm. because we're seeing it now, right? We're seeing so many people that have gut issues. It's everywhere. Everybody's got gut issues. Mm. You don't have gut issues. You have mind issues. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people literally do have Crohn's or they've got celiac like that. That's those Mm -hmm. are real things. But for so many of us, it's the stress in our life that is causing that direct. I mean, they're the same thing. Uh, And and I don't know. Here's another guy you need to have on your podcast. But Dr. Bercelli, this guy's unbelievable. Have I told you about him? I don't remember hearing about him. Dude, so this guy's unbelievable. He's done one of the most magical things to me that I that I never considered before because I'm not a doctor. He said, you know, listen, back in the day when when doctors started becoming a thing and science was starting to become a thing, you know, what, what they did was they got together and everybody took their department, right? And and so it was like, okay, you're gonna be the brain doctor and you're gonna be this, you know, the stomach doctor, and you're the lung doctor, and you're the heart doctor, and you're the bone doctor, and you're the skin doctor. And what what the, the disservice that happened there is that we all grew up starting to disconnect our bodies and we we think of our bodies as separate entities. And they're not. They're all one thing. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Berselli is way of putting that where it's so powerful because it helps you tune in on really the power of one, you, and just how you can live your life that simplistically. You're just one being. It's not separate. That's not a separate ankle strain. That's causing pain everywhere mm-hmm. i mean you know you're walking different because of it you're thinking different because of it you're agitated because i mean there's like there's a ton of things that are happening because of that thing it's not separate in and of itself uh we're just all one big old thing yeah you know no yeah. really and i just think it's important to say it is it's very important and you know i can break it down to something even more simple i like i, I will say this i thought it was interesting how you were kind of uh when you said you were joking around with your wife about how your day was, and you're like, well, the back's telling me it was pretty shitty, you know? Like, yeah, right, right, right. It's kind of like hearing my grandpa back, or my grandma back in the day, like, well, it must be getting ready to rain because I got arthritis and it's really flaming up today, you know? <laughs> it's so true, man. Some people just feel it like that. But if you, but, but in, this is going to be a little graphic and gross, but when you talk about the gut health, I remember, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but. Dude, I pooped in a basket to find out what was wrong with me. So you, you got something. This worse is my than point. That. This is, that's my it. point. Is like, are you taking healthy poops every day? Like, and not you yeah. in particular, but I'm asking you know the pup. Like, if you've got the squirts, if you got loose stool, like 
you might want to be reevaluating. It's not maybe not only what is it that you're eating, but what is going on in your head? What is the stress? What is the level of anxiety or depression that you're going through that's creating you to have a poor bowel movement? So Papa Ron is right. He's not wrong. <laughs> he is absolutely right. You got to look at your poop. <laughs> it's not there just to look at see if the if the corn was digested correctly. All right, we're moving on. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to start to discuss the first steps in personal development. But before we do, we're also going to bring back Ronnie's Radio Rewind. Yeah, we're going to show something what it sounded like back in early 2000s on Q104. And we're also going to break into some old Matthew Blade stuff later in the show. It's up next on the Papa Ron Podcast. Stand by. Attention. You're listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Get involved with the show. Wow, really? Ask questions and leave comments or complaints. Woo! Nice. Call or text 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Now back to the show. Here again, your host. Great. Showtime. Ronnie Phillips. This is a classic, by the way. That's a good throwback, man. Okay, anyway, welcome back to the Papa Ron Podcast. If you want to do me a favor and check out this website called paparonradio.com, there you're going to find everything that is involved with this new venture of mine. Uh, it's more than just a podcast. Now offering voiceovers for a variety of needs, commercial production, MC services, even radio station voice tracking. I'm back on the radio, Matthew Blades. I'm Are back, you really? I'm back Somebody on asked the radio. me to be back on the radio last week. I said, I don't know. And so you didn't say no. You said, I don't know. Did no, you say yeah, no? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Did you say, I don't know? I said, I don't know. Yeah. So you're I still thinking about that, it? Uh, even when I was le- exiting radio, I kind of, uh, I said to my inner circle, I said, I, I envision a way for me to get back on the air, but it just mm-hmm. won't look like that. Like I won't go back to, you know, I don't think it would ever go back to commercial or music radio or, or something like that. I, it would just, it would be different. I would want to do, you know, I told everybody for what I envision is, you know, like, you know, Dave Ramsey, right? Sure. So Dave Ramsey is financial health. That's that's at the end of the day, that's the Dave Ramsey show. Mm-hmm. And I want to do that for mental wellness. I'm going to have that show for mental wellness. And so like I'll put it in Dave Ramsey terms, you know, Dave comes on, he gives you good tips. He gives you good advice. He takes a lot of phone calls. He helps those people out. He helps people that are broke as a joke and he helps out millionaires. Right. Uh, but all the while, Dave Ryan, but Ramsey is fine tuning your financial health. And I am you know, my, my big dream for learn from people who lived it is to become that vessel. And so eventually, yes, let me throw it under the world. I would love to have a syndicated radio show. I'd love to have learn from people who lived it be syndicated and it would be all of this stuff, man. It would be thought leaders coming on interviews with real people, tune ups, good information. Yeah. Uh, but by and large, just helping people execute the best version of themselves. When you tell that story, all I could think about was the, the, the young lad that I was who wanted to get into radio and, you know, every oh, part-timer who gets into radio, their first real, the, the, the first time they really get behind the board is yeah. pushing the buttons on Sunday morning syndicated shows, the pressing there the is, commercials man. in between there. So if you're looking to get into radio, you might be pushing buttons for Matthew Blades that's coming to a radio station near you in the future. <laughs> that is so funny. Anyway, Listen, so I, I, I would take it. I was lucky enough to be syndicated one time in my life, and yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it yeah. was a lot of fun. 
That's really cool, man. Well, yeah. for anyway, to move on, uh, Papa Ron Rewind, Radio. PapaRonRadio.com is where you can find more information about that. And proudly now, voice tracking a radio station in northern Missouri, Carrollton, at uh, 100.7 KMZU. All right, so we're, we're, I know it's, it's kind of fun. It, it's really, actually, it's a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm having fun doing it again. But the cool thing about doing radio in that capacity is it's kind of on my terms and not my boss and... I don't have to go to any program director to say, hey, can I get my vacation time raised from 10 days to 14 days this year? Right. So, anyway. Man, 14 days. I had six weeks of my contract. Well, you're a big deal. You're Matthew (laughs) Blades. That's why I looked up to you so much. All right. So, here we go. This is by request, by the way, because I, when I started the podcast, I wanted to do this feature called Ronnie's Radio Rewind, and because yeah. I thought it would be fun. And frankly, I didn't care what anybody else thought because it's my podcast, and I really didn't know how many people were going to listen to it anyway. So this was going to be self-serving until I realized, wow, this really is self-serving. And uh, so I decided to get away from it for a little bit. And then people were reaching out to the show saying, man, you need to bring back Ronnie's Radio Rewind. We really enjoyed yeah. that. So after several weeks, I bring you... Paparon Podcast. It's time for Ronnie's Radio Rewind. Radio Rewind. Tim and Fades and Intro Love on Q104, number one for New Country, along with Ronnie Phillips, who's this? It's Joanne. Joanne, are you having a party? No, I'm, I'm bowling. How are you bowling? I'm bowling really good. I bowled a 158, and my average is only 127. A 158? Yes. That's like half of a perfect score. I know. If you were taking an exam, you would only have a 50%. From what I understand, I think that's an F. <laughs> Driving down the Q104, number one for new country, Reba McIntyre. That's some left channel, right channel issues. Who's this? My name is Jackie. Jackie, what's shaking? My boyfriend and I just had our first big fight. Jackie, I have two questions for you. Okay. First question, how long have you two been together? A couple years. <laughs> After a couple years, you're just now having your first big fight? Well, yeah. But wow, that's there. pretty impressive. <laughs> you deserve a congratulations for finally having the fight. Well, hey. It's about know. damn time. What have you been waiting for? <laughs> oh, I can get grumpy every once in a while, but this is the first big one. What's the fight about? Well, what does every couple fight about? Money. Yes, and I'm spoiled, and he's not used to having a spoiled girl around, so there's always fights over money. Well, you just said that you were having your first big fight. Well, this is the first one where he moved out. Oh, oh my wow. God. Yeah. That's not a fight. That's a breakup. Okay, well, the first big breakup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, i got to be honest with you about something. What's that? Every time I play this song, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> Seriously, because I feel like I'm interrupting. You know, there's nothing on but the radio, and then I come in and talk while, you know, whoever's doing their thing. It's like, shut up, Ronnie. Just ruined the mood. You ruined it. Hey, it's just after 8. I'm Ronnie Phillips on Q104, Kansas City Station for New Country and the country station you have made number one for the last 12 years. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening to Q104 more than any other station. Baby girl, here comes Sugarland. 104.3. QFM. Number one for New Country. Hi. Hello, is this Shotgun? Who's this? Uh, my name's Katie. Hi, Katie. I'm Ronnie. Oh, it's Ronnie? Yeah. Shotgun already went off the air. Why, why is everybody so disappointed when I come on the radio? Oh, I'm very happy about you being on the radio. Well, thank you. Now I feel much better. What can I do for you? I wanted to know when the next Kenny Sounder was. When I play it. Oh, you can't say a time? Yeah, I can. Please? <laughs> we'll be doing it the next time I play it. Oh, you're so helpful. Katie, you don't hate me now, do you? Well, actually, I'm kind of beginning to, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want that. I'll tell you, I'll play it before 9 o'clock. Keep listening. Thanks. Hey. 
If you want Amy Daly, I would cry on Q104, number one for New Country. Hello. This is going to be kind of weird, but it's by Reba. It's the one where she's talking about fancy. You know which one I'm talking about? Well, you got a thing for a hooker? Well, actually, it reminds me of when I was 11 and my mom used to put me out on the corner and turn tricks for more <laughs> <laughs> what? Rough, you know. No way. Tough childhood. All right, I'm living large now. I moved to town. And now you're a pimp, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. I went back and bought the trailer park and burned the mother. <laughs> <laughs> Chance to get qualified for the Kenny trip coming up in moments. Hang on. Are you guys going to be giving anything away anytime soon? All right, Ronnie's Radio Rewind. Thank you very much. Oh, applause, please. Thank you. Yes, thank you. In studio, in studio crowd. That's good, man. It's I, all right. I like that. You know what? There's a few things that hit me during that during that re- rewind. Number one, um, somebody called you while they were bowling. That, yeah. that never happens anymore. <laughs> no, she was sitting there at the bowling alley, and she was like, "Well, I guess I should call Ronnie." Yeah, I guess. Well, they, they were probably you know back in the day they probably had the radio station, station on in in the right? bowling alley. You don't do that anymore. I mean, I know. I mean, I, I don't know. go to a bowling alley very much either, so I don't. Guess and I love that call—the girl with the fight—and you know, it just occurred to me. It's like you know, that's that's what we did for for all those years. We just we just tried to make people feel good. Yeah. And uh, you know, because like I said, almost in the onset, because anybody who's wise knows that that's the medicine. Mm-hmm. The, the the medicine is giving it to somebody else, and uh, you know, lifting them up because then that, in some weird way, lifts you up. That's and it. uh, it's cool. It's cool how you do that. Well, and that's where we get our energy, you know, as personalities totally. on the radio. When you see those lights are ringing, and, you know, whether it's four or five different lines that you had, and for us at Q104, it was four, yeah. <clears throat> unless that one line down below rang and blinked, and then that was the hotline, and you didn't usually like to see that one ring. But, um, you know, if those lines are ringing, then you know people are listening. And you know that whatever content that you're putting out there, it's getting them excited for the most part. I mean, you could talk about something controversial, I guess, that would get people to fired up. But when you have that energy, that positive energy that's coming through the phone and and uh, it, it's inspiring to want to continue to pump the energy back out through their radio speakers, right? And yeah. and so that was what – and that's what I miss about radio because I, I – I guess I've been out of it for 10 years, so I don't know if it's the same, but you don't, whenever I do listen to the radio, you don't hear phoners anymore. You don't hear, uh, you don't hear people calling in and making requests. Those, those days of radio have long passed us by, I believe. You know, it's so different. And, and truthfully, I mean, you know, you're not, you're not wrong about any of it, but they, you know, and really what contributes to that is you have such a large, um, section of that workforce now who voice tracks and you have an even larger group who voice tracks in places they don't live. Well, I mean, you know, you're, you're a great example, right? Like you track in a, in a station that, and in a town you're, you're not even in two hours away and two, two totally. And so how are you going to have interaction with callers? How are you going to be able mm-hmm. to record phone calls? You know, you, 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 you need live radio to have interaction. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the piece that's that's disappearing. And listen, I, the audience recognizes it. The audience is run like hell. And, you know, people talk about how healthy radio is. And I I think at the end of the day, they're they're picking their facts and figures because the, the audiences are getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, only in certain markets is radio still relevant. Mm-hmm. There's there's there's. It's unfortunate, right? Because you and I both got into it for the love of the game and 
because I wanted to be a community leader who brought people together, who made people feel good, mm -hmm. who made the people around me a little bit of money, made myself a little bit of money so we could all just, you know, have a great life. Right. Um, and this is to, there's enough places that have unplugged from that philosophy and mm -hmm. that's all right. That's uh, we, we can evolve, but you know, let's not keep calling it the thing it was. Cause it's not that it's anymore. not the same it's, as it was. It's a no. different thing. For <clears throat> well, sure. there's, and, and people can just, they have so many other options to get their music today. You know, where yeah. before you just, you got in your radio or you got on your car, you know, and you, you turned on the radio. That's where you got your yeah. music. If it wasn't a CD, it was your radio. Now with smartphones and all the different apps that are out there, you can get music from a variety of different places. But it is fun to go back in time and to, yeah. to when, you know, we were as personalities having a good time doing a job that we love to do. Um listening to the music that we enjoyed listening to and bringing those smiles. And anyway, it's just, it's a fun little feature. We're going to dive into Matthew's radio rewind here in just a little bit. I got to set show. this up. Well, we're not going to do it right now, but if you want to okay. set it up now, you can. We'll set it up later. Yeah, we'll set it up later. All right. So Matthew Blades, who resides in Phoenix, Arizona, formerly of Mix 93.3 in Kansas City, is my guest in episode 13 of the Pop Around podcast. And, and we've already discussed several times how Matt and I were able to reconnect. And he just got done kind of giving us a quick overview of everything that he went through that inspired him to leave radio to get into basically, I, I would almost call it mission work. It feels like it's mission work. It's like... Uh, uh, just this overwhelming desire to bring advocacy to the issue of mental health. Um, in a, in a, but in all, but in a very real non-clinical way, you yes, know, yes. that that's the thing is like the, this, this overarching theme for me has always been blue collar therapy. How do we provide blue collar therapy? So, because here's the thing, dude, and you and I both talked about it up front till you're aware, till you discover, till you even become cognizant of the fact that there's something wrong it's, it's impossible for you to change anything. Mm -hmm. And f unfortunately, there are more dysfunctional families than there are functional families, right? There's more people that I call I call playing hurt. There's more people playing hurt, I think, than than playing at the top of their game. Mm -hmm. And um that's the piece I want to help people. That's that light I want to turn on for folks to mm -hmm. say, it doesn't have to be like this. Do you know that? Like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like this. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think you, you think it does, but it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be like this, but, or like that. But the, I think where people get hung up on it is they need somebody to tell them that because they're so low that they don't know any better. They don't know any better. Yeah. They don't know any different. They just, they, this is where they're at. They feel trapped. They're overwhelmed. I know for me, even like I've lived the highest of highs for COVID making more money than I ever fathom. I was capable of making getting to do all the things, you know, and, and you kind of talked about that where you were in your career when getting to Phoenix and, you know, having a, great salary and your kids are on the go all the time. Your wife's on the go all the time. And that's kind of where this thing started with you is like, gosh, I, you know, I'm just, I'm working my butt off and I'm not seeing my kids. I'm not seeing my wife. And we're just on the go nonstop going Mach five. I remember you saying that in my podcast mm. and, and I remember, you know, feeling like this, this um, sense of failure after the COVID thing ripped away that income that I was making. Mm. And I was, to a point of just feeling so trapped in my, in my own head, because there was a psychological warfare that I was playing with myself that 
did, uh, that wouldn't allow me to be able to see how to get out of this hole. I knew it was possible, but I just didn't know how. And part of that problem was because I had been internalizing it for so long. You know, me reaching out to you or somebody else, well, what are they going to think of me if I'm reaching out and telling them like, you know, I've gone mental, you know, like all of the things. And so that's why I feel like it's so important to convey to to anybody who's in that trap is that you've got to talk about it. And, um, and, and, and I just will echo again that, you know, I think part of the reason why people don't understand that they're, you don't have to live this way. They don't know any different. They just don't, they're trapped. Yeah, their whole life's been normalized. I mean, if there's a if there's a theme that 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 presents itself all the time, I'll learn from people who live that it's that they grow up a certain way, zero to ten, right? We all know those are the most impressionable years. We all know zero to four is like seriously, don't try to mess that up. You can avoid that at all costs, right? There's so much that happens there, but because that behavior gets normalized, they grow up and all of that stuff keeps showing up into their relationships and. You know, one of the things that I like to impress upon people, Ronnie, is that some of us are transitional characters. Some of us are just these people who were absolutely put on this earth to move our families out of dysfunction. We are here to end the generational cycle. Uh, there's a great there's a great quote that I that I share with everybody, which is that problem used to run in my family until it ran into me. Mm. Sit on that. Mm. Transitional characters are here to move the lineage, right? To to get people out of where they were. If you're living in a world that doesn't make any sense to you and everybody around you feels like they're making the craziest decisions, I need you to consider the fact that maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the person who's here to move everybody out of dysfunction. And before you go and say that sounds completely overwhelming – the truth of the matter is that you just have to start with you mm-hmm. and by healing yourself, mm-hmm. everybody follows, not, right. not right away, but they start to follow. So let's dive into the personal development side of this. So if you're, and again, this applies to anybody, but I've always been a fan of personal development, which is a little contradicting in the sense that I was, I think I got away from it a little bit once I started gathering as much success that I was, was, you know, being blessed with. Um, and then when the COVID thing happened and all the emotional things that was involved with my career and losing the, the income that I was making, it was almost like I had to teach myself how to spend time in personal development every day. Mm-hmm. And it was something that had become just a part of who I was. It was like a body part. This is what I am. This is what I do. And somehow I grew apart from that. So I had to get back into it and it was tough. But um, the things that I would do, um, and I know you have much better information and insight than I do, but the things that I liked to do when I left radio and started my entrepreneurial spirit was taking... 20, 30 minutes a day and diving into like the Eric Thomases of the world, you know, okay. you know who Eric Thomas is, right? Are you familiar? I don't, but I'll assume he's like a motivational dude. Yeah. 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 He's called the hip hop preacher. Cool. And awesome. He tells this story. Um, well, it's a great story, but it's a quote that I have kind of lived by when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe then you'll be successful. So imagine you have asthma 
and imagine you're having an asthma attack and you just, I got to get, I got to, where's my inhaler? What is it? I got to, I just, all I want to do at that particular moment is get some air. But when you want to succeed that bad, that's when you're going to be successful. Anyway, he, he's got some great content out there that would be very motivating. It was in, and it was all part of me starting my day on a positive note. What, what is it that I could do to get my day launched in the right direction? And so it would be gathering content from him, Tony Robbins, you know, any of those yeah. guys out there. Um, but there's other impactful ways to start looking uh, at yourself and finding personal development to get you out of the funk that you're in that hole that you're in. Um, now that you've recognized it, you're talking to people about it. What are the steps? What are the tools that Matthew blades would suggest in taking that third step in, into healing and, and getting down the right track again? Well, there's a couple of things that come to my mind and they're, they're, they're both just true of my journey and probably true of your journey. I mean, obviously discovery is first. You have to become aware of the, the fact that there's a problem. But here's another real truth that I think is is got to be talked about more is that you cannot heal without relationship. If you're so deep in your own stuff, it's going to require the services of somebody else to help you get out. Uh, you just you need relationship. You you need to. And, and you and I both talked about it when we were when we were in our dark days, you really isolate. You, you, you convince yourself that nobody has any idea what's going on in your brain, in your mind right now. They will never understand. And the truth of the matter is we've never tried to help them understand. Right. We've just shown our, our face in anger or anxiety or we've shut down. Uh, you know, we stopped doing things or, you know, we stopped taking care of ourselves, stop eating right, stop sleeping, right? And then uh, there's a snowball effect that happens with all of those things. And so I believe that you must, and you said it earlier, you have to say the words and you really need to, you have to get a relationship that's going to help you succeed in this thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got a psychiatrist friend of mine who is quick to say that person may not be your spouse. Very quick to say that, right? Because if you're married like I am and you are, it's easy to think that that responsibility or that role should go in that direction. Mm -hmm. But it's really possible that you have a partner who's actually, that's not the best person to go to for this stuff. You might need to talk to your best friend from college or a new mentor that you just met at church or somebody, you know, like reach out to some podcast that you like and take a chance that these folks want to interact with you. I mean, Mm -hmm. you really have to reach, you have to get outside yourself. That's really step number one is find the relationship that's going to be that person who walks alongside you. You have to have it. You're a product of your environment. That's another thing that I've always believed in. And it was, um, and it was actually the thing that really kind of set me back too, because I was so sold on that mentality that I was afraid once I had reached an all time low that, Oh my gosh, if I talk to somebody, I'm going to be a product of their negative environment. I'm going to bring Mm. them down. Down, Uh, And Oh my gosh, you know, look what I learned about, you know, being in a toxic environment, leaving that, being in a positive environment and how much that lifted me up and inspired me and was the catalyst to, to much of the success that I had had. And now I've hit a rough patch. 
how could I do that to them? How could I, I I'm feeling like I'm going to be the toxic, the toxic one, you know, that's going to bring mm-hmm. them down. So, um, but what I learned from that was that it was incredibly foolish and that I should give the people that are in that positive circle that I looked up to and who helped me and, and who I was able to, um, you know, draw success from, you know, I didn't give them enough credit. It'd be one thing if I'm going back to the toxic group to ask them to help me and lift me up, but I'm actually got a positive group of people and I didn't give them enough credit that if I go and talk to them about what I'm going through, they're going to lift me up just like they did the last time. It's just lifting me up in a different way. Yeah. It's that idea that they won't understand, right? I, I, that's what I just talked about. I mean, you really do. You drill into your head that they don't get it. They won't be able to, you know, figure, you know, but that's just, a, it's wrong. And, and, you know, here's what I love to say to, to folks is like, wouldn't you want your friend, if they were hurting to, to be like, Hey, can I talk to you really quick about something? I know. And, and, you know, you, most people would be like, yeah, for sure. Like unload, man. What's, what's going on. If you're a real friend and you have the capacity to do that. And again, not everybody does. So you have to choose your, your, your relationship closely, but most people want to do that. And, um, one of my favorite teachings that I ever had, I studied Buddhism for like six years and I was in this class one time with this teacher and he was going over this, this whole thing about, um, I don't know if this resonates with you, but growing up, um, it always felt like for me, at least if I did something or if, if some, if I did something for somebody else, I felt like I owed them. Right. And so mm. then eventually what happened was I got to a point in my adult life where I wanted to do everything myself because I didn't want to owe anybody anything. Right. And, you know, then, and then it, the, the, the thing that happened after that was, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to let people do things for me. It was like, I, I have the means to do all these things for myself. Like, I don't need you to help me with that. I'll, I'll take care of it myself. And mm-hmm. I, I seriously isolated people out that way. And this teaching that I was in that night, the Geshla said to me something so mind blowing. He was like, listen, just like you need to get out there and plant good karmic seeds, you need to give enough space to other people so they can create their good karmic seeds. Hmm. You can't remove that, that opportunity for them to be of service Mm -hmm. because you know, firsthand how good it feels when you're in service. Mm -hmm. And, and that was really powerful to me. And it really changed my perspective on allowing people to help me. You know, now I, I used to be so bad that I would go to a restaurant with people and I would never, never let people pay, never let people pay. I'm so different now that I could go to an expensive meal. And if somebody was like, <laughs> Hey, I want to get the tab. I'm like, awesome. Thanks, man. Amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, It's so cool. Awesome. Thank you. Like I completely let people have their, have their moments yeah. and um, I, I try to get myself open, you know, which would probably be my, my, my second bit of advice to anybody, which is start to get open. And, you know, that's when you're in a, when you're in a depressed state, you're in what we call a fixed mindset, right? You're yep. fixed on everything. Yeah. And the opposite of fixed mindset is we all know is growth mindset. And so you really do have to step into that space where you go, okay, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe there is still something for me to learn. Um, you know, another one of my favorite quotes is that knowing gets in the way of learning. 
Mm-hmm. And um, there's so many times in our life where we we are convinced we've got all the answers. And don't get me wrong. We, we may have had some experiences that, that lend themselves to us knowing and being wise. But yeah. there's always so much more to learn. And for sure, bro, I turned off that faucet for me for a long time. I, I knew everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was a know-it-all. And that, yeah. got, that got me pretty much in trouble. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, you too, right? For sure. As a matter of fact, in my last podcast um, that I did by myself, which was a new thing, <laughs> have you done that yet? Where you just sit down and do it? So when pod- I left my retreat, I did a four-part series by myself. It was like fresh from my retreat, and I sat in a studio and recorded for four hours. Wow. You had a lot, of, you had a lot to unpack. It was insane, dude. So, yes, I have been down that road before. It was my first time doing it, and I was nervous, but I was, you know, once I got into it, um, it was strangely, I was strangely very comfortable in in what I was talking about. But one of the things I talked about, and this might even actually, I don't know, it might have some connection to, because I wanted to ask you when you brought up the Buddhism thing, um, you know, what, what was it that inspired you to want to seek out that, culture. Um, but That's a great question. Yeah. And we can get into, I want to get into that actually in just a second. But one of the things that I, you know, I, I've always been a man of faith, but maybe have lost my touch of faith. Uh, or I, I lost my uh, consistency in practicing the relationship. The yep. relationship You're, looks different. 100%, right? 100%. And I talk about in my last podcast where, you know, if you're a Christian, then you believe that, you know, none of this material stuff, any of the money, none of it's not ours. It's all a blessing from God. And I think that I got wrapped up in, well, actually, I know I got wrapped up during that time of the highest success that I've ever had financially was, look at me. Look what I created. Look mm-hmm. what I've done. I, you know, mm-hmm. granted, I worked my ass off, you know, and, I, you know and, and God put out opportunities in front of me to capitalize Um, Mm -hmm. but I never Mm -hmm. stopped and took a second to say, thank you. You know, like there's, you know, so this, I feel like this is a kind of a touchy subject because, you know, some people are believers and some people aren't, and I'm not ashamed of my beliefs, but, um, I do believe that I do believe that there was a part of me that maybe was not humbled and I was narrow minded and, and all in on thinking that I had created this all by myself. And I think that I am being humbled a little bit by our Lord and savior and to saying, Hey, you know, I, you know, these were all blessings, but you know, all of this ultimately is not what's going to get you to heaven. And, and so, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of hit me up top side of the head in the sense that I'm like, Hey, you know what? I need to be more empathetic. I need to be more, um, have more gratitude in my life. Gary Vaynerchuk, who is another person that I like to draw inspiration from. He talks about all this all the time, gratitude and empathy, gratitude and empathy. And I wasn't, I didn't have gratitude. I, you know, I really don't feel like I had the gratitude that I needed to practice in my life. And so I I transitioned from there to kind of, you know, maybe get your insight on what did inspire you to practice or to learn more about the Buddhism culture. So I grew up in a really religious house. Uh, My mom was, was really religious. Her father was a pastor um and you know like i tell everybody the joke i make is that while all my friends were going to boy scouts and they were camping and learning how to tie knots i was memorizing bible verses for badges and so that was a big part of my upbringing and i just grew up in 
in an environment where it was definitely do as I say, not as I do. Mm. And even as a small kid, I remember looking around me in the church and I was like, these people are only nice on Sunday. They really only seem to be this way on Sunday. Mm. And pieces of it just didn't connect with me. Right. And, and so I, as I got older, um, and again, uh, we, we stopped going to church when we were teenagers. And so it never really was a thing that I had to deal with until a little bit later. And probably most of that came around the time where my dad died and I had that big experience. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I turned into this, like, um, I had always felt this innate sense of, of spirituality, no question about it. I'd always felt a really deep connection to the earth and the, uh, and a seriously strong connection to people. Um, you know, not everybody has this, this gift, this ability, but, and, and you may resonate with this, but I can feel people's energy when they walk into a room and there's a lot of people who can't do that. Mm. There's a lot of people who somebody comes in the room and they're like, huh, what? who's here right i can feel that energy the moment it walks in the room within seconds i've got the vibe and i can i can just feel how mm-hmm. some how somebody is um and uh and so i kind of forgot what we what were we talking about right before i was getting into this oh yeah and so the, the i i'd always felt that real connection to spirituality and i wanted to tap into it a little bit more because as i got older um pete the, just the piece parts of the, of the Christian faith just didn't resonate with me. And again, it's all based on my experience, right? I think religion can be beautiful. And at its core, when you really get to the words written in red, if you will, like there's beautiful things that are being said there. But what 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 is another truth is that almost every religion is saying almost the exact same thing with different language. And um I just thirsted for more of that knowledge. You know, I, I, I thirsted for like, well, you know, if, if, if we're all going to heaven per se, like, 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 you know, uh, I, I grew up, uh, having that talk to me. I was like, well, what happens with the people that like, don't believe in this? Like, where do they go? And, you know, I just had like weird questions like that. And I wanted to find out more. And the truth of the matter is that like, you know, almost all of the religions, have their heaven state. They they do. They all have their heaven. And they're all, we have to get away from like who's right and what fits is maybe the best thing to, to go with. Because uh, you, you may have felt some of this. Uh, I think that if you don't have faith or a little bit of spirituality in you, it's easier to be lost. Uh, there's a certain grounding effect that can take place when you have a belief. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that resonated that I like that part. And so that that's what, that's what got me interested in it. Inevitably I ended up, um, not, uh, or setting it down rather. Um, I, I, I learned a lot over the six years and I learned a lot of really good lessons and some of the stuff I, I still think about mm-hmm. and, and practice, I would say I'm way more in the space of reincarnation and and that's probably the differentiating factor for me and a lot of people in my own family and my own circle of of life is um you know that differentiating piece but hmm. it was cool man it was a good fun journey to go down that road and and learn just a completely different language almost mm-hmm. and uh really develop that that earthly connection to what's happening in and around us because mm-hmm. 
like our bodies are just one. I just really believe that we are all just one too. And mm -hmm. it's tough right now. You know, it's a, it's a tough sandbox that people are playing in, but I hope that we can get back there. And the, and the key to getting back there is to work on yourself. Yeah. Love, man. It just comes back to loving one another and empathy. And, and it's one of the things, like I said before, is just, you know, I, I think I got a little self-centered. You know, I think you kind of talked about that where you kind of, you were a know-it-all and you got the world figured out right. and, and then you were humbled. And I think that I was there too. And so, um, I, the new version of Ronnie Phillips, I want, um, I want the success. I want to be able to get back to where I was financially of course, and I'm, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to work like hell to get there because I want to succeed as much as I want to breathe. Um, but I, I, uh, you know, I want to do it in a different way. I want to be able to recognize where my blessings I can give to others. I want to be able to, and I, I was good. I feel like for the most part of being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I would donate a lot to, um, I would contribute, you know, like if okay. there was a, a you felt like you were giving back, I was giving back financially. But was mm -hmm. I doing it because I, you know, was I doing it for the right reasons? That's all right. Time, treasure, talents, buddy. Don't yeah, ever lose yeah, sight of that. You yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. three T's matter. And so I think that, you know, the, I'm, I'm excited for in, in my journey for whatever it's worth talking about again, is that I, you know, I wanted a new version of that. I wanted it to look different. I wanted to, you know, be able to, to look at necessarily like, Hey, this is the successful ring that I want to be in, but that doesn't mean that I need to ignore what's happening outside of the successful ring. What, who are the people that are struggling and who are the people that don't know better? And who are the people that need to be lifted up? Who are the people that need to hear this conversation, you know? Sure. And, um, it's really kind of all of this that I've gone through has kind of opened up my eyes to that because when you feel useless and worthless and lost, it is, it is awful. It is awful. And, and don't get me wrong. It's not like I was homeless living underneath an overpass, you know, cause I wasn't, but I might as well have been because that's how worthless I felt. I mean, I had all the blessings. I still had somewhat of a career with the TV show that paid me a fairly modest income, you know, like, but all of that, all the material things didn't take away the feeling of loss and darkness and uselessness and worthlessness that I felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you just, you know, you, you, you strive for more, man. And, yeah. and so many of us do <clears throat> listen, not everybody's into personal development. Most people feel like they're doing okay. Mm -hmm. um, but you, those that are keyed into it and tuned in, uh, those are our people. Those are our folks. And, yeah. and, you know, those transitional characters, man, those are my people for real. And if, if, if some of that speaks to you, you know, let's talk because I'm so passionate about that idea that you're the person, mm. you're the person responsible to move this thing out and, and, and end the, sh end the shit that you grew up hating. Yeah. Like so many of us grew up hating certain things Stop them. You're the mm -hmm. adult now. Mm -hmm. Make the conscious decision that that doesn't happen anymore in your family. Right. And man, that's the that's the real stuff, man. You you put your wind in that direction and now all these little frivolous things that used to bother you, they're gone. You know, I tell everybody, I've been a meditation practitioner for, for probably close to 11, well, maybe 10 years, seriously. Really? And one of the first things that you notice when you become a regular meditation practitioner is that all the little things that used to bother you just mm. go away. 
<laughs> literally. They absolutely, after about 20 or 30 days of meditating in a row, it's like the something, some switch gets turned. And all of a sudden it's like, nobody bothers me on the road anymore. Mm-hmm. Like nobody bothers me at home anymore. Like that thing that my wife used to do, she used to drive me crazy. It doesn't bother me anymore. And that's the biggest byproduct of working on your mind mm-hmm. is that you literally turn down the volume on some of the noise in your life. You brought up meditation. I think that's an interesting topic that I think is, you know, fits in with the personal development side. And actually, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about meditation because that's a term that is used a lot. And it's uh, loosely used, easy for me to say. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are some people who wouldn't even know where to start. They know what the word means, but they don't know what it truly means and how you would actually... and another reason to stick around because I, I will tell you why meditation and prayer are so similar. Like we really, that, that's, that's a good nugget that we yeah. can talk about. So let's, let's do it. Let's talk about that. And then we're going to bring out uh, Ronnie's Radio Rewind. Okay, so here, mm-hmm. when we come back, you're going to set up Ronnie's Radio Rewind, right? Okay. Yeah, you're going to set ready, it up? I'm right. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that this was allowed to get on the radio. That's incredible to me. Oh, really? Is it that vulgar? No, it's not vulgar. I used to open up my show this way every night, and I can't believe a program director was like, yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) All right, Matthew Blades on Ronnie's Radio Rewind is coming up next on the Papa Ron Podcast. The Papa Ron Podcast is brought to you by Dumar Solutions. Dumar Solutions, offering affordable chemical and PPE solutions for any industry. Automotive, industrial, manufacturing, concrete, and asphalt construction. Also offering kitchen cleaners, corrosion control, and specialty coatings. Detergents, cleaners, and degreasers, laundry care, floor care, odor control, personal hygiene, and much more. Do more with Dumar. Inquire with any of your needs at DumarSolutions.com. That's D-O-M-A-R-E solutions.com. Now back to the Paparon podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. That was one time a world champion air drum. Drummer. I was going to say, do you used did to you play the drum? Yeah, the air I did. Every, every, every comeback. I was a pretty good drummer. I was. I'm really good yeah, on air drums. My father-in-law is a really good drummer. Is he? And he still plays mm-hmm. in a band. The same band he played with when he was in his like, when he was in his hippie days back in like his, his 20s in Oklahoma. Really? They still play do they have in content the, uh, the on high YouTube? school reunions in his small little last town that he grew up in. Do they have content on YouTube? I want to check it out. Oh, hells no. No. <laughs> No video. Are you sucking up to your father-in-law? What's that? Are you sucking up to your father-in-law right now? No, no, not at all. He's a cool dude. I really like him. I got. I I really. You said he was a good drummer. Is he really a good drummer? Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh dang it! I wanted to see some video on that. Yeah. I'll find some uh, next time. Yeah. See if you can find some of that. I'd like to check that out. All right. Here we go. Paparon Podcast, it's time for Ronnie's Radio Rewind. This, this time with Matthew Blade, set up the bit. Okay, every night, I used to I used to love audio production, okay? 
I would sit in the studio. This is no joke. I would sit in the studio for three and four hours at a time and just get into a total flow state. And I would produce these massive show opens. I would take clips and drops and music and yeah. I would, you know, I would repeat things and I would reverse things. And I, I just loved creating these show opens. They became so much of, of, of uh, like who I, who I was. And I used to have them all in these little cart decks, right? Which look like eight tracks um, to anybody who doesn't understand in the radio world, you call them carts, not eight tracks. That's right. But they basically look and act the same way. Uh, and I loved producing these things, but what's so fascinating to me is, you know, I don't know what, 20 years ago or so we switched to the PPM format, which mm -hmm. is how radio gets rated. Mm -hmm. And a lot of really high quality research came back from PPM, which basically stated like you have eight seconds to get somebody's attention. Yep. And if you can't hook them in eight seconds, you're going to leave. And this, and this rewind that you're getting ready to hear, I, there is so much wrong with it in the PPM world. <laughs> so but the, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to toot my own heart. I'm going to okay. say the production quality on sure. this thing is incredible. Okay. So what year would this be? And was this in Kansas City or D.C.? Where were you at here? I think this was in Kansas City. Yeah. So okay. it would have been 2002 or 2003. So the PPM stuff didn't really start until about 2006 or seven. I thought. Am I wrong with that? No, you might be right. Yeah, I no, know. it was after the fact. That's what I mean. Like, oh, we gotcha. were still in the Arbitron diary yeah, world gotcha. where we didn't get this kind of feedback that, that you know, we couldn't see people punching out. And <laughs> and so I, I, it's amazing to me that anybody would sit through these 55 seconds before I said one single word. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Am I going to be able to do this? Oh, you might not be able to. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Shoot, that sucks. Um, there's got to be a way to do this. There's got to be, be a way, way to do, do this. this. What am I doing wrong here? You know, I, I I can do it. You ready? Yeah, if you can do it, play it back on and your then you can And then you can, you can edit. You can edit yourself later. Okay, share system audio. Stand by. <laughs> All right, where are we at? Don't go anywhere. We take all this out. So when you were editing and doing all this producing, one of the things that I loved, I was the same way. I loved to be in, in the audio production stuff because when you got past the cutting and, and taping and wax pencils of reel to reel, we were using the digital, you know, editing stuff. Um, were you doing this like in uh, what back then was called cool edit or were yes. you using it in uh, you yeah, using 100%. cool edit? So I use saw a lot. Oh, okay. You remember saw? That mm -hmm. program, yeah, I I was in love with Saw. Are you ready to play? Uh, potentially, can okay. you uh, can you see that this is uh, this is uh, a thing? Can you see that wave file? Uh, I can't see anything. No. All right, stand by because that's what we need to do. I need to get over there. There we go. Boom. All right, are you ready? I'm. Yeah, play it. Oh, it's right here. It's not playing. But it's I see. Not playing. But I see something on your end. Here, I gotta add it to the. I gotta add it to the stream. Try it now. <laughs> it's not playing, Matt. Oh, I'm so. Oh bummed. no! Okay, listen, listen. Here, here's what we're gonna do. Doggone it! I've screwed this up. But that's hey, that's the authenticity of doing a podcast. So I know. I think. I, I think I know how I can fix this. Let's dive into meditation real quick. 
Okay. okay. So while you're doing that, I'm going to try to download this file and I'm going to try to put it on one of my hot buttons here on the Roadcaster Pro. And then we can come back and listen to it again. So meditation. Uh, a lot of people, they, again, this this plays in with the personal development topic that this podcast mm-hmm. is supposed to be about. Um, and, and you had talked about previously before we went to break about how the little things that were huge, huge things to you began to just kind of roll off the shoulder and meditation is what helped you with that. So kind of dive into what meditation is, what you do when you're meditating for those who know the word, but don't really know what it really means. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's, uh, I think meditation and prayer are one of these things that we can, we can start to link a little bit because they both improve your decision making. They both improve your outlook on life. Um, and so I don't, I don't, I hope that people don't get too hung up on words, right? I know that, you know, I do a lot of work in schools and they won't let me use the word meditation. I have to use the word mindfulness or purposeful breathing. Okay. Uh, you know, because some people just, and I, and I, it's probably due to the fact that some people tie it to religion. Um, so what I like to say is work with your mind. Okay. We can, we can all agree that that's, uh, that's pretty universal. And I'm not sure. I'm I and I'm confident when I say this. I, I I don't think there's any way to step into personal development until you can work with your mind. Because personal development in and of itself is that ability to overcome and to step into new. And as Tony Robbins, you know, all is famous for, he's like, you keep doing the same things, you're gonna keep having the same result, right? And and so Working with your mind allows you to overcome those moments where you want to revert back to the way that it used to be. And so I, I know from my own self and anybody that I've talked to about meditation, mindfulness, the moment you have control of your brain, very different things start to happen. And, um, you know, I'll give you a really kind of a, a, a low hanging fruit example. I go to the dentist sometimes. And I'll need to get a little work done. And they'll be like, do you know, do, do you want us to, you know, like shoot you up and, and do all the things? And if it's going to be crazy, I'll say yes. But if it's going to be minor, I'll say, no, just give me a second. Let me let me just kind of get into a Zen state here. And then you guys can just do what you need to. And I just literally in my mind, I go into a different place and I'm able to absolutely escape right away and, mm. and go to wherever I need to. Um Meditation can look different for a lot of people because, you know, there's different types of meditation. It's like going to the gym. There's different workouts. There's different things that you're going to do. There's different weights you're going to lift, all that stuff. So a nice place to start, the easiest place to start is with breath because it's free and until you die, you have it. So if, if you can get to a place, and I like the great starting point is 10 breaths. If you can sit down, be quiet in a room, close your eyes, you can sit in a chair. You don't have to sit lotus position with your hands up like this, right? Like that's, that's, that's what I think of when I hear meditation. Yeah. That's what I think of when I hear the term. Right. Yeah. People think you have to sit in a certain way and don't get me wrong. As you progress in meditation, you'll find that there's reasons behind that, you know, sitting in certain postures or opening up chakras to, to, to get your body more aligned. And so there's some, there's some, functionality behind those things, but I don't believe that they're imperative to the practice. And I think anybody who's a good meditation practitioner would, would probably agree with that. The goal is work with your mind. The goal is work with your breath. Um, I'm infamous for saying to people all the time, 
you know, you, you need to stop and you need to be, <laughs> you know, so many times we think we have to go and do, it's like, you need to stop and be, mm-hmm. stop and be what you need to go sit down and let the solution come to you. So if you can sit down and you can just in through your nose and out through your mouth. And if you can execute that 10 times and try to do that in a way where nothing else happens during those 10 breaths, that's that's impressive because most people are going to get to about two or three breaths and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I need to remember to take the trash out. Yeah, you can't help it. You're you're you don't have control of your mind yet. You're working on it, yeah. um, you know. And then you're going to sit there, and it's like, okay. Then you'd be like, oh yeah, and I and I can't forget to send that email to the, to the thing. Uh, you, you know what I mean? That's what your brain does. It gets busy, and so when you meditate, when you get with the breath, you're going to slow those thought processes down, mm-hmm. and you are going to be able to really truly receive. You know, we talk about getting open and. That's how that happens. So that's one version of meditation is to just be with your breath for 10 breaths. If you can do it, Navy SEALs actually uh, all the time, they do this uh, four, six, four type of breathing exercise, right? They'll never call it meditation, but that's exactly what it is. They are literally turning their brain into another gear by doing their four, six, four breath, right? Where they breathe in for four seconds, they hold it for six seconds, they let it out for seconds, then they, then they do it again. And they do that four times and do it and see what happens. You're, you're going to feel different. Yeah. There's so many times in, in, I, even today we were, who was, I was talking to, uh, Greg and Missy Smith, when we were talking about the the Kelsey Smith story on an earlier Mm. podcast and just the importance of breathing. And I mean, it sounds so stupid to say out loud because you got to breathe to live, but there's so many times that I will be in a stressful moment and I'm, I've got a lot of different things going on in my head. And then all of a sudden I'll just go like, yeah, it's almost like to breathe. I, yeah. It's like, I've been holding my breath for 30 minutes or something. And obviously I haven't been, but. I might be just doing the short breaths or something like this, but I'm not taking good, healthy breaths. And so I've challenged myself more frequently now to where just, even if I sounds crazy and sounds a little exaggerated, just let me do it. Let me take my breath because can I tell you one of my favorite things about my wife? Um, When we were dating, it was like six, six months into dating. And I knew I was going to marry her, but um, we were lying in bed one night. And I don't, I don't even remember what had happened, but um, it was clear that I was getting ready to take one of those big, deep inhales and exhales, you know, that you just kind of, <sighs> yeah, yeah. And my wife waited for me and she found my breath and she matched it and she breathed in with me and she breathed out with me. Oh, wow. And then we stayed there in unison, breathing together huh. until we fell asleep. And to this day, if I have that moment in bed, she finds my breath, she brings in with me, she comes out with me, and it literally is like my NyQuil. I mean, it will calm me down faster than anybody. And so to me, that's that's another variation of meditation, but I'm doing it with my partner. That is um, such a cool story. It's it's awesome, man. And and it really it brings us closer. We don't have to use words. It's not, you know, it's not about being intimate. Um, It literally, we just kind of, we fade away together. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a, that's a big symbol of love right there. (laughs) 
It feels really pretty is. good, man. Yeah. yeah, that is really cool. That is really cool. Yeah, um, it feels pretty good. Okay, so how are you doing on time? I'm good. I've got uh, I've got 15 more minutes. Okay, so we're going to use at least 10 of it. Um, is there, I definitely want to get into the bit because I got it saved here and I'm ready to fire that here in just a second. Oh, okay. But I feel cool. like we're on this path of personal development. And we've only got a few more minutes to discuss it. Is there any other things that you did when you were on your journey and you were kind of going through all of the stuff and you'd, you, I remember you in, in the first podcast talking about how you were just, you, ugh, you didn't have any capacity for anything or any BS and you just, oh, you were just frustrated and you just hated life and you were just, oh, why is, why, why am I continuing to do this? You know, like, I remember those words coming out of your mouth word for word. And then as you're going through the panic attacks and the shingles and all of the things, and you're starting to kind of recognize where you're at, was there something that you sought out? Maybe whether, I mean, we talked about medication, obviously you've got 10 years of experience doing that, but is there anything else that you were doing or any content that you were going? Like I talk about going to Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, or some of these motivational people that have a lot of content on YouTube, uh, or even today you can get it on TikTok or Instagram or wherever. Um, do you have, did you have anything like that that you would seek out to kind of help get your day started? How would you get your day started on the right path? What, what was, what was the plan that, well, Matt- I think while I was in it, never, never did it work out that way. You know what I mean? There, there was, there were, no days that felt like they were getting started on the right path. Um, and then that's inevitably what took me to the place. Um, but I will tell you that the, in the spirit of personal development, the overwhelming thing, if you will, that unlocked me because you, you know, this and you and I talked about it in your first episode, when you're depressed and you're real anxious and you know, your life doesn't make a lot of sense. It's pretty easy to feel like you're in a room and you can't find the doors or you'll find the doors, but they don't have knobs or you'll have the knobs, but there's like some deadbolt that, you know what I mean? But that, Mm -hmm. that's how I illustrate that to people. And, and you're like, ah, this is so confusing to me. I can see the door. I can see the knob. Why can't I, why won't it open? Like, and you just get so frustrated that you're wired this way and that you act this way Mm. and you, and that you're brought to these moments that just piss you off so much and are frustrating. And the, in the spirit of personal development, the biggest tool that I picked up was the idea of the inner child. Mm. And and you're right. This this does take a few minutes to explain, but it fundamentally changed the way that I operate my life when I was able to understand because that was the that was me, right? My spiritual journey has just not necessarily been about anything other than just why do I act the way that I act? Why do I do the things that I do? I'm interested in that conversation. You know, I know that it happens. I'm just interested in why does it happen? Because if I know why it happens, I think I can I can really make great effort and stride and intention for it to happen less. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the way that I feel about it. I mean, if I can make really great effort, I can just make it happen less. Okay, so inner child works super simple and there's a lot of different variations of it. But the gist of it all is that so many of us had some experience as a child, those zero to 10 years and it could have been as difficult as, you know, 
sexual trauma and at the hands of somebody in your family, outside your family, or it could be my mom and dad laid into me, or my mom and dad had a really scary fight, or you saw something that you weren't ready to see because of your age. And so we're all going to have these experiences growing up. And what's going to happen is your brain gets wired then. So your brain goes through the moment and that's how it gets wired. And so let's just use like a really specific example. If you grow up in a world, uh, in, a, in a home where your opinion isn't valued, or if you speak up, you find that you get into trouble, um, you're probably going to grow up not confident that that's how you should act in your corporate life, your marriage, your other relationships. You're going to feel like, well, I don't know if I speak up they're probably just going to yell at me, right? And that's because of the way that you were wired. Because when you spoke up as a kid, you got yelled at. And so you keyed into that, right? And your survival mechanism was to like adopt to that way of life. And just like you adopted to that way of life, I'm saying it's possible as a transitional character to absolutely lean into operating in a different way. And don't get me wrong, the mark on the record is still going to come. You're just going to have the tool to get over the mark. You're going to be able to lift that needle up and put it on the next rung and keep moving. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea between, you know, that's between you know, or, or, uh, about meditation and, and some of this other stuff, has having the capacity and the control to work on the mind in the moment so that it doesn't go the way that it used to. So for me, when I understood that because, um, you know, I always tell people that I grew up in a home where we, we got spanked a lot. We got hit a lot. And if I did something wrong, I got, I got whooped. Right. And so when I became a parent, I would ask my kids to do things. And if they didn't do things, what do you think that primal instinct in was, was for me? Right. The inner child in me was operating. That was the operating system. And it said, you need to, you need to punish these boys because they're not listening. Mm. Just like, you know, it just like it happened to you. Okay. So now I understand why I get angry with my boys when they don't empty the dishwasher. Right. And, um, is that life and death? Does that deserve a beating? Does that deserve me flying off the deep end? Now, listen, in some respects, they need to learn how to execute their chores and do the things that are going to be asked of them in life. But by and large, these are not catastrophic events that we make them out to be. And the reason we make them out to be that way is because when we were a kid, we paid a price if we didn't check that box mm -hmm. and do that thing. So now that I understand that, now that I understand that, that when my kids do that, it's going to trigger something, I pull out the tool right away and I say, Okay, this is the tool that I need for that moment. I need to go sit and have a meditation for 20 minutes, Nick. Right. That's, and that's, that's the tool that's meditation. So I'll go have a meditation. My, yeah, it's one of my most powerful tools is to go and sit and do a meditation. It absolutely just to excuse myself from the moment uh, and go. Uh, I also like going on walks. Um, uh, and, and, and really, the thing that I said at the beginning of the podcast is probably the tool that I use the most now relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't have the relationship with my wife where she's the person I pour into for this stuff, mm -hmm. right? My wife and I have a great relationship and there's a lot of things about us that are big wins, but she's not the person that I can go to and have deep, dark discussions about my innermost feelings and that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's just not how she's wired. Um, I, I have a couple of friends 
and people that I reach out to now for those things. And it's changed my life because what was frustrating was going to her, wanting to talk to her about it and not getting the thing that I wanted. Right. And, and finally my best friend said to me, says like, kind of sounds like, you know, you expect her to act a certain way. And I don't know if that's fair. Oh. And I was like, first off, screw you. <laughs> and, you know, but, but, but really he was right. At the yeah. end of the day, it's our gig. It's in, at the end of the day, it's our responsibility. Don't, so can I hit ahead. on, can I hit on something real quick? Cause I know your time Please. is limited. Can't you like your friend saying that it isn't fair to your wife. Can we say that also that it isn't fair to our parents or it isn't fair to me as a parent, because then we're asking for parents to be perfect. Yeah, it isn't. No, we all listen. Everybody has their capacity, yeah. right? There's no good. There's bad. There just is. And that's the thing about the inner child thing, right? So when I went through that whole exercise and like so many people, I'd been carrying that bag, right? I've been carrying that anger, that feeling, that operating system. The inner child work allowed me to say, I don't have to carry that anymore. Mm. And so I literally did an exercise three times over where I went and revisited myself as a, in that younger stage, and I can be more descriptive if you want, and I literally talked to that child, had a conversation with them, and was able to make peace with how things were going to be moving forward. Hmm. Wow. I know. It's deep, man. It's yeah. some deep shit. Well, there's I mean, no way around it. I guess and, when I sit and, here and I listen to this, I mean, I know that there's challenges and, and I shouldn't say, well, yeah, there's challenges, but there's mistakes that I've made as a parent. And I know that my parents would probably say the same thing. Their parents would probably say the same thing, you know, but when I think about like the, you know, to the level of what you're talking about, it almost feels like, um, and, and your situation might be, have been a lot more aggressive. And so I, I, I got to be careful with how I go down this road, but like the things I have a hard time, like putting a lot of the stuff that I'm going through or have gone through on my parents, because, um, you know, you talk about that inner child operating system. And I don't know that necessarily some of the things that I went through was a product of how I was raised. How how would you, I know our time is short and so we can get, I could. Yeah, no, I listen, uh, it's fair question. Right. And I don't, and, and here's the thing, right. The thing that I needed to set down was the, was the, was the anger piece, the blame piece, the, you know, the bottom line is our parents have the capacity for what they have the capacity for. And it's a really important exercise, especially if you have generational crap in your, in your, in your family lineage to almost do that lineage tree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm very quick to point out that, you know, my mom was young when she had me. So was my dad. He had just gotten back from Vietnam where he had seen his buddy get his head blown off. Mm. There were things, there yeah. were real things that were in that relationship as they had had a young child who had some medical issues with the foot, you know, was really hyper. I, dude, uh, I get it. Right. Sure. I understand. It's not lost on me what they did and what they went through and how they did it. All that's important to me now as an adult is to understand why I was acting the way that I was acting so that I can stop the cycle. Sure. Because I just want to have a different relationship sure. with, with my kids. And right? be at that's peace with the, yourself. That's what I'm striving for. Right. And be at peace with yourself, which obviously there was some mm. issues there, right? Because you were feeling so much frustration and anxiety and, and, and you just needed to figure out a yeah. way to get that out of your life. 
Okay, man. Well, we're gonna do this real quick. Here's here's the bit, and then we're gonna. Did let you find you it? I found. Well, I I I pulled it up and I put it on a hot button. So, um, this is from what two thousand? What'd you say? Four? We think two thousand two, two thousand three, and I okay. just really want you to key into the high <laughs> production value. <laughs> Here we go. Mix. Hello. Night Nine. Three point. Three. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Blades radio program. We listen to our music at night, thus spawn the title of this pro, pro, program. The Matthew Blades radio program on Mix 93.3. Hi, can I talk to Matthew? This is Matthew. Can I just say that you correct me up? <laughs> Go back to the sex. <laughs> Call 816-576-7093. Matthew Blades Radio Program 93.3. Hello? 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 And this sucks, man. What do you want? That Matthew Blades is one cool ass white guy. Matthew Blades, oh my god. The Matthew Blades Radio Program on Mix 93.3. Here, with the countdown. What's up, Kansas City? Oh, Matthew Blaze! <laughs> High production value. Oh, dude, I love that. That was super yeah. cool. That's uh, fun, but you know, I just say, I, like what I said earlier, so true. I can't, I can't believe I had a program director, and God bless John Zellner. He was the, he is still is one of the greatest men in my life. Uh, but he he allowed that to happen for the sake of creativity. Well, the cool thing that I've always known about John was is that if he's going to hire a talent, he's going to allow that talent to Amen. show their talent, right? Amen. Amen. Okay, man, I know you got to run, so why don't we do this? I'm just going to go ahead and play another sound music bumper bed here to say uh, thank you. And then when we come back, I'm going to wrap up the show. But, uh, dude, you've not only been a radio inspiration to me, uh, somebody that I've looked up to and how you've conducted yourself and just the how successful you've been in radio. But I'm, I'm even more grateful how you've come into my life and been a friend through some of these dark times and how we've been able to bounce ideas off of one another in effort to help ourselves be better as humans for the future. Thank you. Same man. It's fun for me too. I absolutely am just, uh, I've had a smile on my face the whole 90 minutes. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen from Phoenix, Arizona, and from the podcast, Learn From Those Who Lived It, my friend, Matthew Blades. All right, here we go. We'll be back and Thank wrap you, up the show next. The Pump Around Podcast is brought to you by the award winning Heartland Waterfowl, airing now on Sportsman's Channel. Check heartlandwaterfowl.com for air times. The all new season nine debuts in July on Sportsman's Channel. And don't forget about the new original series on the Heartland Waterfowl YouTube channel. Check it out and don't doubt the scout. Now back to the Pump Around Podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. All right, the Heartland Waterfowl is out on the air right now on Sportsman's Channel. I encourage you to go watch it, airing five days a week, 52 weeks a year, and a brand new season on the air right now. You can catch it at uh, Central Times, by the way. You can catch it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday, 8.30 in the morning on Thursday, or 1.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. Again, a brand new season airing right now. It will re-air through the end of the year. And you can also catch a brand new original series of Heartland Waterfowl on the Heartland Waterfowl YouTube channel. So be sure to uh, 
get online, hit subscribe, hit that notifications bell so that you can follow anything and everything that is happening with Heartland Waterfowl through the new production of Season 10 on Sportsman's Channel. Next week on the show, I'm going to have a good friend and owner of Dell's Power Sports in Grain Valley on the show. His name is Kyle Spencer. He will be in studio. I'm very interested in Kyle's story. Uh, from an entrepreneurial uh, point of view, he has made some interesting sacrifices in his life and his family has made some of these uh, you know, sacrifices with him to put him in a position to have success to the, to the level of which he's having it now to um, to owning now Dell's Power Sports and even in creating an extension of that brand. Uh, I've also am very proud to announce and hopefully we'll be able to announce publicly on this podcast. Kyle and I have partnered through my company, Dumar Chemical Solutions, to create a really cool, awesome product for power sports, for UTVs, ATVs, motorcycles, dirt bikes, so on and so forth. Um, I would love for you to tune into that show next week. We're going to talk about... Kyle's life, and we're going to talk about um, this new product that he and I were able to develop together for retail. I also want to thank my boys, Dakota Thurn, Quentin Verlinick of uh, Marathon Media Management for always being a big help and, and inspiration to this podcast. Rick Hunter in Tucson, Arizona, Rich Donovan in San Francisco. Thanks for the production elements of the show. And thank you again for watching or listening to the Papa Ron Podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, hit subscribe now and tell your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and other social platforms. To participate on the show, leave a message with your comments or questions by calling or texting 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Papa Ron Podcast. Oh.